This is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Well, this week we are joined by Mr. Jay Stone, uh, turkey guide for Warrior's Quest. And uh, we recorded this original intro live and in person earlier today. At least we thought we recorded it. But uh, evidently in post-production, I, I would discover that I did not. So Jay, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the staff guide and field producer for Warriors Quest, a show on Pursuit Channel, and I'm also the head guide for Piney Woods Hunting Lodge in Eufaula, Alabama, and uh, enjoy both my jobs real well, and I'm glad to be here with you, Will. Well, we appreciate you coming on this week, and we're talking talking turkeys. And Jay, you're I like it. You're a big turkey hunter. Yeah, I like so. to talk turkeys. And we're going to get right on into all that and a, a little bit more. We we got in, we, we got sidetracked a little bit down through there. Uh, some stuff about raccoons and <laughs> everything under the sun. So you guys, right. you guys enjoy it and have a great week. All right. Sounds great, Will. Let's get it on. Let's do it, man. Okay. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was waiting on that one. Got to get it in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't be a podcast without somebody cracking a beer in the microphone. It's got to happen. I think it's a tradition now. It has become almost as synonymous to the podcast as the tip of the week. Yeah. Oh, crap. Ooh, crap, I forgot Dang about it. that one. I'm going to start making now. There's your... There, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's Yeah. I thought about oh. that. I was listening to the podcast the You're other day. Y'all now. came up with the tip of the week, and I'm like, man, I got to think about that, because t- y'all were all like... I, I hope you're prepared, because I, I think if you're prepared, you'll be the only one that is I'm prepared not. for this. I'm not. <laughs> right. Well, do we want to inform him on the tip of the week about what it exactly it is? I guess so. The tip of the week, you, you're just going to give uh, something you've learned along the way you think you can help somebody else. What to look for, hunting safety, you know, make sure you don't forget this, something along those lines of that. Ty's going to say, don't work your worm too fast when you're bass fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what he's going to say, because I've been been on him his whole life. Well, quit reeling that worm so fast, you know? I got a problem with that. (laughs) All right, Jay, so what kind of shotgun do you use? Let's go over some of this equipment you use in, in turkey hunting. Well, I started out shooting an old Browning 20-gauge trench magnum. No choke in it, you know, or full choke in it. No fluted, but and it, that thing will kill birds. is like nobody's business. You know, everybody wants a big old fluted choke sticking out a shotgun, and, you know, it, it, some of the chokes that come with them shoot just as good as anything you can put in, in, the, in the shotgun. But we shoot Benelli's. Ty shoots a Benelli. My wife shoots a Benelli. And I shoot an old turkey thug, which is uh, – it's a real cheap gun and that Mossberg five thirty five. That's the one. That I got thing. one of those. It's it, not the turkey thug, but I got the five thirty five. Yeah, the one I've got's got the progressive barrel on it. It's an ultra magnum. And uh I got a a point zero six seven full on it. And I'm gonna tell you right now, 
40 yards i can put every piece of lead in a pie plate it, it, it but with that said every time i shoot it it blacks my eye oh hey, yeah I, that, that joker, 535 kick. kick like a mule you know you can't hide that no i tried shotgun i ever shot yeah yeah ty shot it i put a two and three quarter in there and about blacked his eye he was what but about four years old yeah something like that yeah about four it doesn't it doesn't matter what you do and you can't convince me otherwise turkey loads out of a shotgun hurt more than any other shell i've ever put through there i mean you can shoot a big old duck load or i'm telling you it and the thing is it's because you're sitting there still you know and it when you pull it off, when you pull the trigger off, it rocks your world. Half the time, you got your back backed up against something S- solid, a stump or something. Yeah, know? and it just beat the ever-loving it crap does. out of you. It'll whoop you. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm gonna tell myself. I missed a bird last year in Tennessee, and uh, I was, I got, I was, I told, I'm like, man, my shotgun's got it. It can't be shooting straight. I, I you know, I'm going to tell you right now. That's what they all say. I know. Yeah, it's yeah. a shotgun. It's always I, a shotgun. I hammered him about 20 yards, hammered him, you know, and I'm like, well, he ain't flopping. What's he doing running? You know, and he took off flying and went right by us. I didn't shoot at him again. I was like, well, hell, I missed him the first time. I'm just going to let him fly off, you know. And uh, so, I don't know, what was about an hour later, two hours later, we was messing around. I said, I got, I, I got to shoot my shotgun. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> and uh, I leaned up against a tree. And I pulled one of them ultra magnums off of that dang thing, and and uh, it literally blacked my eye. I mean, it thumped me up. I swole. And uh, now, with that said, my shotgun was shooting high. What? Yeah, it was about a foot. About high. a foot high. So, I uh, I felt better about myself. But talking about him kicking, I'm telling you right now, that thing will knock you in the dirt, man. But you know, so you- I'm not I'm not very familiar on turkey hunting. Um, I just do ducks and hogs and stuff like that. Now, you're talking about thumping your eye. Are you using optics and stuff like that while you're turkey hunting? Or? No, I, I used to use them, but I don't anymore. I just shoot um, I shoot sights on mine. Ty shoots a bead shotgun, but uh, so does my wife shoots a bead shotgun, but I, um, I use a sight shotgun. Okay. But, you know, you get your cheek down on that thing, man, and it, oof, man, it'll hurt you. Turkey yeah. loads pack a punch. They do, man. What kind of shell? What shells are you shooting? I out shoot of Winchesters. Every, Winchester turkey loads. Yep. Yeah, everybody shoots all them expensive loads, and I've found that they don't do nothing for me. I shoot eleven dollar box of shells. You know, get ten of them for eleven dollars at Walmart, and they shoot just as good. And it's all about pattern and gun. You know, yeah. where it's shooting. You don't have to shoot all. You know, you ain't got to buy all them expensive calls, and you ain't got to buy fifty calls. And the only reason I got so many calls is because my sponsor. That's it. Right. But. You don't have to do all that. What uh, what what is your thoughts on that? Uh, what's who's it? Harriet and Richardson makes that four ten turkey gun. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a little single shot four ten, and it it's designed to shoot. It comes with a full set of turkey chokes, and it's designed to shoot the TSS. But evidently, it's a daggum sniper rifle of a well, shotgun. I, I tell you what, them four tens. I mean, I've. I've had a, made a bunch of squirrels scared of me with one of them, you know, as a kid. I mean, yeah. the whole gun itself is designed around turkey hunting, and it's—I mean, it's, it's pretty cool little setup. And I'd give it a shot, but I don't think it'd, uh, it'd make any difference. I can't kill a turkey. It, it, I'm, I'm about convinced I couldn't kill a turkey with a rifle at this point. Well, <laughs> I mean, you got to get out there and give it a shot. I mean, matter of fact, I was going to ask you if you want to go up and, um, to Georgia this year. We got a farm up there that they volunteered to let us bring a veteran in to, to turkey hunt 
and uh, I was going to ask you if you want to go up and hunt with us, you know, get filmed. Yeah, I'll go. It'll be it'll be fun. We hadn't set the dates yet because I, I actually talked the farm owner. He lives right down the road here. Yeah. You know, on Avers on top of the hill where the pine trees are at. Yeah. The Stevens family. I they, don't they, know. They got a big place up in Georgia, and they were okay. wanting us to come I, up and film. I know the Stevens family. Bradley and them. Yes, sir. Yeah, Bradley's. We've been friends for, man, I mean, forever. You know, we'd shoot dove out there on their farm on 46. But they had a heck of a dove farm, man. We should go out there and shoot our limit. And That's what we've been trying to find for next year. We need to get just knuckle down and find a dove field. Man, it's hard anymore. It, it is. It's hard. Since all the orange trees have froze out and whatnot, you know. It's hard to find good dove down here anymore unless you're baiting them, and then, of course, you get a ticket. Yeah, and the public, <laughs> I mean, the public land fields around here aren't, they can be great, but they're really extremely hit or miss. Uh, so you never know what you're going to come across. But So what kind of calls do you use? I see you've got here on the table, you've got, what is that, three slate calls, a box call, mouth call? Well, I've got, I've got a slate. I've got a crystal top. I've got a I got a glass top here. What's um, the difference in that? It's just the surface of them. They make different noises. Like that glass collar, it makes a real high pitch, you know. And let me see if I can hit it for you right quick. See if I can make it do what it's supposed to do. And you can tell the difference. You know, you can tell the difference in them. Let me move this mic. <laughs> These glass calls, they do a. good high pitch yeah you know and then i can take a get this slate here and it'll be a little more raspy you know it just depends on what you're doing this crystal top right here it's gonna be it'd be nasty yeah but you were saying that one works in the rain this yeah it's a yeah a friend of mine from aggressive game calls he he came up with a, a hydra striker in the barn one night, we was drinking beer. And what we did was I had some aluminum arrows sitting there. And he's and it was raining. It had been raining all weekend. We was hunting in Alabama together. And he's like, man, I wonder, I wonder if I can, let me see what them arrows. We cut it, and he put it on the tip. And it actually will call in the rain on a crystal top. You can, duck, you can put it in a five-gallon bucket of water and pull it out and call with it. You know, which is frustrating when you're turkey hunting if, you don't, if you're not good with your mouth, you know. Right. But it don't sound perfect, but it sounds good enough, you know. So yeah, it's aluminum. Look at that. It's alu yeah. aluminum arrow. Aluminum arrow. That we yeah, no, it's literally a piece of aluminum arrow cut down and glued on the end of this Ex thing striker. Exactly. You know? That's pretty, pretty cool. Fancy. It's pretty fancy for it being aluminum. Yeah, yeah. It sounds pretty good. And if I if I surface hmm. my call, I, that thing right there. Last time I used it at my house, well, that thing was sitting on the bar. You know, it gets it gets hammered on it by everybody that walks in the house. Like, okay, yeah. Oh, turkey call. You know, everybody's got to fart with it. Everybody's right? got to mess with it's it. It's like being in Bass Pro Shops this time of year. I think all you hear is dang turkey calls going everywhere. Somebody playing with something. Yeah. I think this thing has the best name written on it. It's in Sharpie Hydro Striker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we waste no money at aggressive game calls. Uh, you know, it, it does. It's a Hydro Striker. Matter of fact, that thing was probably wrote in the barn. <laughs> we were right there on that striker. If it works and puts down turkey, that's it all does. That I've, I've used it, you know. But well, you know, I mean, 
granted, it does not sound as good as like that glass top call or none of that stuff. But when you hit that that time period where it is wet and it's raining, which it's the springtime, mm-hmm. it's gonna do that, especially in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> having the ability, red. having the ability to still continue calling on a slate call like that, and, and if you really get out and listen to like actual turkeys, uh, they don't sound all that great. No, no, and they all sound different, you know. And it's you know it's all voices that you're making, and you know that's one of the things about using a mouth call and a slate together. Sounds like two different hands, right? And if the birds are fired up, it it doesn't matter. You know, it can sound like that gin drinking girl at the end of the bar that smokes some big old long more cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the one that does it for him. You know, that, that would be the turkey that I'm calling in. Exactly, right? They'd just be saying this is ugly. But He's like, I like know, my women a little exactly, on the side. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, that's exactly right. It's, it is kind of I like, but it, you know, it's it's the whole thing. You know, and and calling. You don't have to get in there and be able to kiki and cut and all that stuff, man. No, I've been lucky enough in my life to hunt with a couple of guys that one of my good friends that I hunt with a lot is a two-time national bird calling champion. And he can make every noise a turkey can make. But when we're hunting together, he does nothing but yowl. You know, he'll cut, yowl, hardly ever purrs. The approach to it is this. In my opinion, there's a bunch of opinions yeah. out there. Yeah. You know, I've got a good friend of mine that calls for Woodhaven, you know, which is, you know, some of these calls right here. Um, Sean's from aggressive. He has a different attitude. He goes in there and hammers them birds, hammers them, you know, right out the gate. Corey won't do that. He's calm and laid back and he'll real soft at them, you know, and so there's there are two great turkey hunters. I mean, two of the best I've ever hunted with, and it's one of those things where you got to figure out what that bird wants. You know, if he's not if he's hanging up, he's gobbling at you and hanging up on that soft. You know, you may have to go at him a little harder. You know, until you get to where you're calling that girl at the end of the bar with gin drink. You know, and more cigarette hanging out of, you know, yeah, you just scrape it. That's when you pull out the hydro call. That's when you get the hydro call out. (laughs) When it's not raining. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So, and I've watched Sean work birds. I watched him work a bird last year for an hour and 15 minutes. I never touched a call. Of course, I'm sitting in, he's like Elvis, you know, no sense of me pulling my guitar out. Right. You know, so I sat there and watched him and watched him and watched him. He finally, that bird hung up, hung up. He'd come at us and he'd hang up. He'd move away from us, hang up. Finally, he actually looked at me and said, man, I'm facing to get after him. I was like, well, all right. He did. He, yeah. I mean, he hammered, and I'm telling you, on a rope 15 yards from us. And what was funny, we were guiding a guy that was deaf, couldn't hear. He never heard a turkey. That joker got 15 yards from us behind some bushes, and he, <laughs> he went to gobbling. It blew that guy's mind so bad that the bird come out on the deeks 15 yards. He couldn't get a shot at him. It freaked him out that bad. That, at, at that close, I'm sure even if you can't hear, you can feel it. Yeah. I mean, I, I get a sense when I hear turkeys gobble that you can feel it. And I've had turkeys right on top of me gobbling. And I, and I feel like I can feel it, but I couldn't tell you for a fact that I could physically feel the gobble. Somebody like that, I'm sure he could at 15 yards could 110 percent feel that turkey. Yeah, the, well, we we were. Go ahead. I was saying, well, when you you see one at 15, 20 yards away from you, 
and you hear that thing gobble it just makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up like i i think that you dialing it on a turkey will give you worse like anxiety than buck fever ever will <laughs> it will it'll shake you it will shake you when one gets that close and you know isn't like that bird we were hunting last year that called for ty you know he got in there close to us and it was just thundering you know so i guess that's why i call them thunder chickens but they uh he got in there. there's nothing better there's nothing better than have a bird 15 20 yards from you and strut and just blowing up there's just something about a turkey gobble and i and i tell you matt you were there when we, the last weekend of duck season we we're up in georgia and those tur- that, that gobbler started hitting it off the roost first thing in the morning. Oh, yeah, they did. You, Your head turned right towards where that sound came from. Oh, absolutely, 100%. You All know, of I, us did. I, I heard wood ducks going and fluttering and coming in and whistling, and that turkey came off, and it was just immediate, just ripped my neck. Heck, my bird dog that is <laughs> trained for ducks turned around and whipped its head back, looking in the woods just like, screw this. Yeah, I want some I want of that. that. Yeah, I want <laughs> some of that bird. Yeah, and they, I mean, and they were a good, they were a good ways off across the, across that swamp oh, yeah, on the other were, side. I would say that they were solid. I'd say know. four or five, six hundred yards, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. They, would, they were about, you know, a little under a quarter of a mile out. Yeah, they say you can hear a turkey call for about 1,700 yards. Oh, I don't doubt it. I, I mean, I, I doubt how well I can hear, you know, because there's times when, We'd be sitting here face to face, and you say something. I said, "What?" And I know that my hearing is about dang near shot, but I'll be out in the springtime woods, and I'll hear a turkey from God knows how far. And I don't know why you can hear them so well. I don't know where it's the, like the tone or whatever they have that goes on that you just. But that sound carries so well through the woods. I it's think oh, yeah. I think it's just the mass volume of it, man, because it, it blows my mind how much air they can put out their throat when they're gobbling. You know? Yeah. It, it I don't know, man. It's it's awesome. Yeah. I, I love it. Me and me and my buddy Paul, we ended up going and we were pig hunting one morning. I was back in my old Silverado and we were sitting by the truck. We actually went and we were pig hunting in the morning. We were still hunting and nothing really came in. And we said, hey, well, let's go over to Waffle House and get some breakfast. Come back out. That's a solid idea. So, yeah. And so we went <laughs> and did that. Is. And then we came back out. And it, it was about 11 o'clock. And we were sitting by the truck. And I had a mouth call with me. And Paul was trying to teach me how to better. And we sat there for about 30 minutes. He was calling with his call. And I was calling with my call. We're going back and forth. And he said, no, you need to change it this way, this, that. And we played with it for probably about 30, 40 minutes. And then we said, all right, well, we're done. Let's work back into the woods. And we worked back into the woods. And we sat up there in our blind or in our ground blind for pig hunting. And we, we smoked a sow that morning or that afternoon. And then walked on back. And we're dragging this sow out. And there's a turkey sitting at the driver's door of my truck, <laughs> just just waiting for us, basically, because that's exactly where we're going. So it is insane how these turkeys not only can know where you are coming from, but can pinpoint where you are at. Oh yeah, yeah, they can. That's amazing. They can. They can. That's one thing about a turkey that you know, if like I was saying earlier, if you just sit down and you know they they pitch and and you yelp. Those birds will not forget exactly where you're at, you know, and it's, and, and that works, you know, just, just yelp, yelp, yelp a little bit and they know where you're at. 
they're going to come to you. Once they get done doing their business, they're going to come to yeah. you. That, that was probably the worst part, though, is I think that they were coming in there not to go mate with this thing, but just to come out and laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a turkey vest, and I usually just carry like a little uh, fanny pack with my stuff in it. What am I missing out by not having a turkey vest? What am, what am I missing out on? Oh, man, so much. You know, a turkey vest is so good for losing stuff that you unzip and zip, zip, zip. <laughs> you know, if, if I could carry a deek in my pocket, I wouldn't wear a turkey vest. Because, I mean, every time I get out there, I go to looking for something, and I'm like, man, I can't find it. I know what's in here. Zip, 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 zip. I mean, I cannot find nothing in my turkey vest. I hate them. See, I, <laughs> my turkey vest, I got three pockets. I got two shell pockets and the big pocket in the back. That's it. <laughs> I have That's worn like did. a regular bird vest turkey hunting, but I don't think that makes a difference for me either. Now, the only thing I could see the big advantage of having a turkey vest is a lot of them come with the, the with the butt cushion. The seat's the best thing about them. Yeah. yeah. That's the best yeah, thing. Nice. Mine does have a seat that came with it, but I if I the turkey went. chair is the best thing in the world. The turkey chair changed my life as far as turkey hunting goes. Ty's vest has a folding chair that folds up in the vest. Yeah, oh, that dang. was pretty fancy. It, it, I mean, it folds out, and you can sit down in it like it's nobody's business. Get it adjusted, you know. It is. It it's like you're tailgating, you know. I've got a I've got a little turkey chair that I got from Walmart for like twelve or thirteen bucks. You can take some mean naps in that sucker. <laughs> so my only thing is, you guys are talking about these vests and these chairs and everything. If you guys really, I don't care if it's turkeys, it's ducks, it's quail, it's dove. If you guys want to do something, go into the closet, do it like I did, oh, pull gosh. out your wife's pair of lucky pants, <laughs> put on your wife's camel <laughs> pants, and you are guaranteed to kill birds. All right, I got to give you the backstory to that. Yeah, I, I don't what, know. If what I was want this? It. Was it? The, was it the? Uh, that was opening, opening morning. Day, opening morning. morning out Second, there first at phase. Skeeter Pond. First, first phase. phase. Yeah, we're standing there, and I said, Matt, he's got. Uh, it, it said like she camo on the side. No, it was Magellan with a pink logo. I logo said, "Are you pink. wearing your wife's pants?" That's what he I said. Wear. Yeah, the rest of oh, them are yeah. dirty. It's all I had. <laughs> and I, I kid you not, we had a great morning that morning. And then every morning he did not wear his wife's pants was just not the same. They, they have been branded the lucky pants, and and Matt wears his wife's pants. Well, let no, me tell you yeah. something. I, I'm no. going to back your play on this. <laughs> I'm going to back your play because the last couple seasons, Ty is growing so fast that. He would wear Denise's she hunt, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, my uh, wife wears all she she stuff. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you right now. Every time we get in a shooting house or turkey hunt or something, he was slinging lead. He was killing stuff. <laughs> so what yeah. you're saying is it's warm too. Yeah. What we're saying is is that evidently Magellan makes a better pattern in she hunt than something. they do in the he hunt or whatever I, you want to call I, it. I reckon. I don't know, man. But I'm gonna tell you right now. Ty was wearing it last year. He shot a dang Alabama trifecta, you know, a coyote, a pig, and a deer, and like the same day. Yeah, you know, wearing she hunt. You know, <laughs> he was happier than hell. You got a picture of him with a damn deer on the back of the truck. She hunt on. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried about him, but hey, you know the- what? Now, a time in the days, you can't. You know, you, anybody can wear anything, so it all works. You're right. You're right. Hey, if it, if it gets meat in the freezer, does it really matter? No, no, no. I said you can't. For a great story. I, yep. I can't. I can't hate on you for it, Matt, because it, it definitely brought us some good luck. And there were times what when we were in Georgia when we had the crappy yeah, morning. Day one. 
Yeah, yeah, you didn't have your she hunt pants on. Yeah, that was actually day two. I didn't wear the she pants. Yeah, and we did not <laughs> see a single bird. Yeah, there you go. So have you're it. saying it's Matt's fault that y'all didn't see anything? That oh, one hundred percent, hundred percent. Because the first morning was totally my fault. I just couldn't hit the birds. They were there. <laughs> the second morning was hundred percent Matt's fault because he left the she hunt pants at the at the camp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm a believer in the she hunt pants. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it just that's where it's at right now with me because Ty's hammered. A, matter of fact, last year that turkey in Tennessee, I think you had she hunt pants on then, didn't you? I think I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we ought to all buy she hunt. You know, maybe he, we should get a sponsorship. He just said you she can't hunt. hide it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can't hide it. You might as well just bring it closer and go ahead and open it up. No, that's why I said, everybody, hang on a moment. Crack it. Okay, now let's continue. Oh, Lord. But. Man, we just a great advertisement for She Hunt, didn't we? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. That'd be calling Every guy that's listening to this is going to be running out to Academy yeah, Sports and exactly. go get them uh, She Hunt. Pants. Don't be ashamed, fellas. Go get you some She Hunt. <laughs> they work. They honestly make great gear, though. They do. They do. My my wife's got the waders, the jacket, the pants. She has everything down to the wade boots. And, hey, and let, me tell you, let me tell you. The best part about them is they're not overpriced. You mm-hmm. normally have a pink tax. Like, He's going to start wearing her waders, too. Oh, I would if they fit. They're nicer than mine. <laughs> Heck, that's why I shoot a Stoger and she shoots a Benelli. She has better gear than I do. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Let me tell you a story now. We were deer hunting in Tennessee last year, and uh, we went to cleaning the house out, you know. And Denise put all her stuff in a garbage bag. So I put, you know, I'm talking about Under Armour, you know, base layers and a bunch of stuff in this garbage bag. So we're cleaning out the garbage cans in the house and whatnot. I'm throwing them out in the driveway. Up there in Tennessee, you got to go through the, the dump place and throw the trash out. They don't pick it up, you know. So we run through in Crossville. We run through there, and I get it. I'm like, y'all don't worry about it. I can get out and get it. So I throw all the trash bags in the dump. We go to the house, and we go back to Knoxville about an hour and 15 minutes, right? We get in there, and she's back in the back of my buddy Greg's house. She's like, hey. Baby, where's all my clothes at? And I was like, <laughs> immediately I knew. I just told, I told her, I throwed them out. I said, I throwed them out in Crossville. Who did not? I'm like, I did. I made another drink, didn't worry about it. And gave it. <laughs> so where where exactly was Exactly. Yeah, what dump is that, that yeah. going to? It's got, man, it was like $1,000 worth of clothes. And I'm not joking. It was like $1,000 worth of camo. She come out in the, in the kitchen, sat down at the table. And I looked at my buddy Greg, and I said, well, I guess that's going to cost me. I pulled my wallet out and threw her a credit card across the table. I said, get Greg's laptop and order some more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and she gladly did. But, yeah, I threw a whole ton of that uh, her she hunt stuff out in the trash up there in Tennessee. But She wasn't too happy about that. But, well, I, actually, I think that she was as happy because she ordered all new stuff. She got to go she shopping. Did. She did. <laughs> you know, And I like the camo pattern she got, the new stuff she got, you know, but... It sure would have been nice to have two sets of it instead of one. Yeah. So when you're turkey hunting, what is your favorite camo pattern to go with? I wear a spring. Uh, it's made by Cabela's. It's a um, breathable. It's. I'd have to show it to you, but it's a Cabela's spring, sort of a spring color, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I wear. Um, 
Because I don't think that I own a single thing that is not cattail reeds. Just yeah, <laughs> Max five. Just like that right there. That right there. It's a lot of. It's got a lot of green in it. Yeah, a yeah. lot of green, a lot yeah. of light green in it. But I mean, you know, you can sit down anywhere. And the problem with the turkey is he can see color and see it good. You know. So so let me ask you this: as far as your pattern, do you change that up any as far as for where you're hunting? Like if you're hunting in Florida versus you know Alabama or whatever. No, I wear the same stuff for Florida and Alabama. Tennessee, a little more hardwood. Okay. You know, because there's a bunch of hardwoods on the property on our farm there. Texas, you know, it's hardwood also, but it's it's so sparse out there. The it, we're in the hill country, you know, yeah. upper hill country, so a bunch of rocks and stuff. But I, I try to stick with the lighter green. Is it, you know. yeah. And I'll tell you, Nomad makes great turkey camo, okay. you know, which is the Turkey Federation Nomad. That's who builds that, but they make good stuff. I, I have uh, I, I wear Natural Gear SC2, which is a really green pattern. It, it's a it's the green version of uh, Natural Gear's natural pattern, right? Um, and I don't know. I still can't kill turkeys. I don't think that's the reason I can't. But <clears throat> I, I bought that because I wear it in the early season during bow season. I have a nice hoodie that even the hoodie and the pant the pants are like gym shirt gym short material. So they're real breathable, and the hoodie's the same way. But I can throw it on in the springtime, and it blends in just as well. But I, Yeah, that's how my turkey, it's it's almost yeah. uh, gym shorts, that perforated gym short stuff. Yeah. You know, and if it's a little chilly, I'll put on a, some Under Armour, you know, light right. stuff. But And I can take it off and, you know, keep on hammering. But um, that's what I wear is real breathable stuff. So, Jay, tell us about your first turkey. My first turkey kill? Yeah. I shot him out of the back of a truck <laughs> <laughs> years ago. <laughs> cut that one out. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I might want to cut that out. But. Yeah, statute of limitations is all right. Yeah, it's been a minute, but uh, I okay, don't let, Let's clarify this first legal one. First legal turkey? First legal turkey. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here we go. Well, I don't know. It might, well, it wasn't legal. That was a hen, and I was in the back of a truck, and I beat on the hood. And he's right there. Stop. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. And my first turkey I ever killed was in Alabama, um, probably, I don't know, 35 years ago, something like that. And uh, I went turkey hunting with a with a scraper call, one of them things is in Quaker Boy boxes. It's got oh, the, the little box. Oh, yeah. yeah. The little it's box the little that you push the button. Yeah. I headed out behind the house, you know, my shotgun, my old 20 gauge. Had a 20 gauge double barrel savage, is what I shot. Him with. Yeah. Mean oh. puppy right there. Yeah, that jug was bad. Yeah, it still you is. You still have that I gun. I still have it. It's okay. in the gun well, safe. We'll have to talk after this podcast. All right. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, that thing is a savage. I'm telling you, man. It, you know, full chuck and mod. But um, I went out behind the house. No deeks, no nothing. I probably was in my blue jeans, you know. Went out behind the house and was like, I'm like, man, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, bird come out in the food plot, and I gave him both barrels, both triggers. Boom. Yeah, that's a way to do it. Flopping, <laughs> flopping. You know, nowadays if you look back on it, how much did you overcall for that bird? A ton. <laughs> so let's. You let's, brought that up, Matt. Let's talk about that. The the nuances of calling for yeah, a bird. Yeah, the, the versus overcalling the rhythm because it's at, it is really hard, and that's one thing I learned a lot. I learned a lot. It, on that guided hunt with the Quaker Boy Pro Staffer, 
I learned more valuable information than any other time I, I've been turkey hunting. Because I, I learned, what I learned was I've been going about it the wrong way the entire time. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it's really hard to sit there as, especially as a new hunter or a new turkey hunter, uh, when you, you yelp and he gobbles back, oh man, it feels so oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels so good. Oh, you just want to hear it again. Yeah, you just want to keep calling and calling and calling and calling. But what you got to realize is every time he gobbles, he's calling hens to him, right? So as nature works, gobblers don't go find hens hens exactly. go find gobblers exactly so every time he gobbles those hens go oh there he is and they walk over there to him mm-hmm. so if you keep him hammering and hammering and hammering and hammering and hammering he's going to find a hen before he gets to you well we can get into a little bit of that right there so here's the deal with turkeys all right when turkeys are going into mating season they find one gobbler that's on the top rung, they pick him out. And he's the one that's going to breed everybody. The rest of the gobblers are not going to breed. They're, unless you shoot that number one gobbler the first day. Then they go back into the picking process, which is shut them down. Which is That's why some hens lay twice is because of that. Some that are bred, they'll hatch. They'll, they'll lay and get bred again if the main gobbler gets killed. There's some people going to argue with me about this, but I have researched the hell out of it. So you get a gobbler down in there that's hollering. They already know they're going to breed with that, and they know who he is. You get a side gobbler down there hollering, they're not going to him because they already know that's not the guy they're going to breed with. They've already picked him out. That's the gobbler you can pull to you doing hen calls because he starts looking for hens. And he doesn't recognize that hen that he's hearing. Because they all recognize each other. They all know. He's like, man, that, that, ain't, that ain't them hens that didn't pick me. I'm going to go up there and see her. That's what happens right there. And that's how you can call a gobbler to you as a hen. you decoying as a hen. You know? And there's going to be people arguing with me about that. But I, I'm telling you, that's the way it works, in my opinion. Turkeys might have a really small brain. But they are extremely intelligent they are for what smart. they are. They are smart. Very smart. But, you know, you'll have 15 gobblers hollering, you know, but that one brood of hens is breeding with one gobbler. They've already picked him out. That's the deal. So you can, And you may call that main gobbler off them hens when they go to sit about 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. You may get him to come up there, but I bet you he won't gobble at you. He's going to come sneak up there and find you. The underling gobblers are the ones that are hammering after, you know, when you're, when he's talking to you. Now that main gobbler, he'll, he'll holler at you, but he's not, he's not going to leave them hens. He's going to stay with them until they sit. And, you know, most of the underling hens are the, or the gobblers are the ones you call with being a hen. Cause he's like, I'm going to go see them, you know? So what's the trick to getting that boss hog gobbler to come in? Well, luck. If you find out, let him know, kind of thing. Well, (laughs) my thing is with it is once the hens go to sit at nine, ten o'clock in the morning, that big gobbler's gonna leave. He's normally not gonna gobble at you. He's gonna go. Well, I remember. I remember they were up there on that greenfield. So I'm gonna ease up there, and he'll ease up there sneaking. He normally will come in without gobbling. You know, because you 
A lot of guys are like, man, that dang, that dang bird didn't hit a lick. He just come in there looking. That's normally the man, you know. The ones that are out there gobbling in the morning after they pitch, that's the ones that you normally can trick with a call as far as a, a hen call, you know, yelping. So you ask the question, I give you the answer that I believe. So, like I've, so, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Now, this reminds me, i got another question for you. Now, what do you think about them guys that they get the full strut Tom decoy and they're hiding behind it? I think Killing that is birth. so cool. I mean, it, don't get me wrong, yeah, it's cool, it, but I mean, definitely. What, have you ever, have you tried that? I, I not a, not a public land, that. not a good idea on public land. No, yeah. I'm throw that <laughs> I have tried it, and I tried it last, not last year. Oh, probably the year before. Yeah, it was the season before. We owned a big field down on the Pipkin Place. I tried it, and all I did was get my knee skin up and hurt my back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but did you have fun doing it? I did, I did, while well, everybody laughed at me. That was, I mean, is that just... That that big Tom or another Tom trying to 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 pick his way up the ladder kind of thing, or they will fight. Yeah, they will they will fight with another one. Yeah. Um, the big Tom will fight like that, but um, normally the the younger Toms that aren't on the top rung of the ladder, they'll steal they'll steer clear of that fight because they've been had yeah. their ass whipped you know for two months you know been getting whooped up on yeah and you know once again those are the those are the toms that are going to come to you when you when you're yelping them you yeah. know i think i have new bucket list idea that we need to turn around and get one of these things and i will fully volunteer to turn around but my thing is i'm not going to shoot it. i'm going to grab this turkey by the neck oh, oh. <laughs> i will volunteer to film that just to yeah. watch you get the ever-loving crap beat out of you son. Have you, you know, i grew up back in apopka going and chasing and catching roosters that ain't roosters the same and ringing roosters next this is, out so this is about twice know, the size well yeah i know but this is just the next level in my life <laughs> have you seen that have you seen that video of that guy doing that Where no you, no you haven't seen that yeah the guy does that he crawls across with the damn fan and he goes there and grabs a gobbler by the neck, and it commences to whooping him. Yo, I don't Stay doubt it. Stay tuned for next week's podcast with the turkey grabber. Yeah, you you can't you can't just go out and grab a hold of a wild animal without yeah. leaving with some kind of marks. Yeah. My wife does it every day with that raccoon, so I'm a firm believer, and we can do it. Ty was shooting raccoons this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about my wife for that. Matt has. Uh, a rehabilitator's license yeah. through FWC? Yeah, yeah. Uh, class three wildlife rehabilitation license for, uh, you know, we we can do raccoons, possums, squirrels, uh, pretty much beavers, poss- or uh, otters, whatever we want to do. But I always did raccoons and I've had six raccoons now. And uh, my wife turned around and came to me one day when she was in college. And when we got, we were just engaged. And she came up to me one day and she said, Matt. I want a kitten. I said, well, that's not going to happen. So we ended up going, and I went on to my deal, and I found out, and I found a guy in my local area, and they had two pet raccoons, and or they had two, not pet raccoons, but they had two kits that were eyes closed and everything else. So I went over there, picked them up, and my wife was sleeping in the bed, and I dropped in two baby raccoons, I said, here's your kitty cats. <laughs> and uh, we've had these raccoons since. I let one of them go. 
And the other one has juvenile cataracts at 7% blind in one eye and 28% blind in the other eye. So How, how'd y'all figure that out? The 7 and 28% in the eyes. Oh, it, go, it? it goes a lot of freaking money because my wife <laughs> loves these damn things more than me. <laughs> that, now, that's how it works. If any of us were to go out there to that raccoon in the cage, it is mean, mean. mean. Like, like you would think of a wild raccoon. Yeah, right. Like, it'd be oh, mean. Absolutely. Right. My wife Her? walks up. Different my story. wife sits in a lawn chair, just like we're sitting right now, and things on its back, cradled like a baby, sitting there. You know, she's petting it. It's going to making all these noises, crawling all over, licking her face, just kissing up on her, grabbing her snout, kissing her snout. Perfectly fine. Turns around and puts it back up onto its little, like, cat clawing, like, toy thing. Puts it back up there. It's having a grand old time. Walks out of there. Fine. I come up there, and it runs up there snarling, reaching out, hissing, barking at me. Just mean as snot. It's like that dang monkey my family had up there in Hawkinsville, Georgia. They had a monkey in a cage. We used to have, the, used to have a family reunion up there, right? That monkey was calm to everybody. That joker would see me get out of the car, and he'd lose his dang mind, you know. Because <laughs> I, 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 I used to go over and kick at him. I used to wear them damn uh, Converse cat heads, you know, and I'd go over and kick at him in the cage. He'd come over and bite on my toe. And my uncle said, he said, Jay, he says, listen, he gave me a half onion. He said, go over and give that monkey his half onion. He'll be your best friend forever. I looked at him. I said, you crazy. He said, no, take it over. I took a half onion over, and that joker grabbed it and run up in his little tree thing and went to rubbing himself down with it. And I'm like, what's he doing? He's like, he's keeping the gnats off of him, you know, because them, them, oh, yeah. them, them gnats up there in Georgia kill you, you know, in the oh, summertime. Yeah. They about smother you. They yeah. will. And uh, it didn't work. That monkey got done with onion and still hated me. He's never, <laughs> yeah. So go ahead, man. I was just going to say, when this thing was, you know, a little old thing, I'd go and, you know, my wife would bottle feed it and all that, and I'd bottle feed it. It used to go, and at the time when, you know, it was small and it was like two months old, it would sleep in the bed with me and Sarah and everything else, you know. It would curl up with us, and it was a grand old time. We have Christmas pictures of me holding the cat and her holding that raccoon right next to each other. Now, the cat's hissing away, and the raccoon's looking at just like, oh, what are you getting mad at me for? Yeah. And then it just, just like that. just Well, realistically, what happened is I can't get mad at the raccoon about it. The raccoon went into heat. And when the raccoon turns around and goes into heat, I got rid of all my raccoons, my females, before... They went into heat, and that's why we had a great relationship. Now, once they go into heat, they breed out, and then all the males, they kick out of the nest, and they run off. And they will not let another male, that same male, return back into the nest. So I was that original male that dealt with it, and it ran me off. <laughs> it'll, it'll, take, it'll take to any female, but not a dude. Huh. Well, I'll tell you what. I didn't know it was going to go here when I got here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Raccoons, I, Started with turkeys. Yeah, now we're talking, now we're talking about, about raccoons. We're talking about turkey. Yeah, now right. we're talking about pet raccoons. Yeah. I don't know how we got here. But yeah, I don't either. But here. So what is the next subject I'm enjoying on this it. list? Trying to wrangle this back in. What is yeah. your most memorable turkey hunt? Um, well, I've got a couple, actually. All right, let's hear it. Last year, Ty's hunt in Tennessee. That was a good one. We had a good time. And when that turkey ran into that telephone pole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. blind things. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, 
we weren't hunting, but that was that was funny. But another one is my wife. I actually wasn't hunting with her, but I was. De- <laughs> we had to backhoe down in a pond trying to bust down a beaver dam. When I was out there on the, on the backhoe with my twenty-two Magnum, and uh, we had laid some trees down and run out there to try to dig up this this dam, you know, and and my wife had gone over to Pipkin Place and and was turkey hunting, and. I knew she had, I got a text from her that said, that said, bring me a piece of gum. No, it says, shot a turkey, bring me a piece of gum and some more shells. And I'm standing out on the backhoe in the middle of the lake and I look at my phone and I'm like, what? And I, well, I know she had six shells with her. I'm like, what? So I run the backhoe back out there and jump off and get on the side by side and go over and get her some more shells and get her a piece of gum. <clears throat> Excuse me. I get over and she just shot a single turkey. Six times. <laughs> emptied, her, emptied her gun twice on the bird, you know. And I couldn't understand. The bird wasn't nowhere to be found. You know, I'm like, well, what you? she's like, well, I shot it and rolled it three times. It jumped up and went across the field. She said, I reloaded and shot him three more times. I said, we can't be far. You know, weighted him down, you know. <laughs> and uh, never did find a bird. But the, the, the one of my favorites was Ty last year in Tennessee. You know, we had a we got in on birds, and actually it was what it was getting sort of late in the morning. It was after it was probably around like ten, yeah, maybe. Nine. We had we had a good night before and didn't get out of bed till about eight. You know, <laughs> and uh, got in there, and I I mean I I locate I I yelped a bunch, and I got my box call out, yeah, you know, and uh, nothing. So we went in and set set up, and I quiet called, you know, just real soft. And about the time I got done with my second yout, I got a bird blew up. I'm like, man, another one blew up. I'm like, well, I don't. So that was a good that was a good turkey hunt right there. And yeah, got and that, that was got that bird in there. Yeah, that was cool about how y'all were talking about um, how crisp and like how loud turkeys are through the woods. Those were. 300 yards away probably and there's two different ones and it's crazy how crisp they were from yeah. that far away you yeah could, you know exactly what it is when you're yeah and when they started calling when they started gobbling but i mean and i started working them and i got i told greg we're sitting there i said man i'm fixing to hammer this bird and i'm gonna hammer him you know so i i ramped it up and one of the birds turned and went back down in the holler you know and the other one i could hear him you know he was hitting you know, i could hear him coming i'm like he's coming and uh Finally, I'm sitting there, and I, you know, I look. And I'm like, I can see the bird. He's right there. You know, he come in there full strut, man. Got up there and showed off for about I don't know, ten, fifteen minutes, just, just in strut, gobbling, and just, it was awesome. Yeah, he was just walking back, just and forth. walking back and forth up there. You know, he's a bank walker. You know, <laughs> he's a bank walker. But uh, it, that was a good hunt. That was that was fun. So, what's your favorite hunt, Ty? Like what animal? Well, turkey hunt. What's your favorite oh, turkey hunt? That your most memorable done? turkey what is hunt. Your most memorable turkey hunt. Probably the same one that year, but the worst one was up how like at Brett's. Where's that at? Oh yeah, Umatilla. Yeah, I got oh, stung in the eye by yeah. a mosquito. Oh, and that wasn't cool. <laughs> yeah. We're sitting there. I got, I got two. I got two mosquito things running. You know. And, I'm sitting there calling. I know there's birds in there. And uh, what's up with Brett Moss? I don't know if y'all know Brett Moss. 
I do. Hidden Valley. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're I'm calling, calling. I look over at Ty and I'm like, what's wrong? His one eye is swole up like somebody punched him in it. <laughs> you know, it's like 7.30 in the morning. We just got done. We just started hunting, you know. And I'm like, what's wrong with your eye? You know, and it's swole up and red. And I'm like, man, I'm going to take you to the hospital. He's like, no, I'm good, Dad. I'm good. I'm like, all right. So I went back to call him. <laughs> About five minutes later, I looked over and said, boy, we got to go. <laughs> you know, his eye was in bad shape. Yeah. So, yeah. I've yeah. done some... Uh calling for turkeys across the way a little bit over the kick lighters yeah before. yeah there's some birds over there too oh yeah 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 so we hunted out there a couple of times that last year and the year before and i mean there's birds there but they're just they just ain't a bunch of them so so i i know as duck hunters we put a lot of thought into how we lay our decoys out and how many of drakes versus hens and all this other stuff do you put that type of thought into putting out turkey decoys and you just stick them in the ground? I walk out there and stick them in the ground. That's what, <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. Man, I was hoping for a real no, scientific answer. I ain't going to tell you. That. <laughs> no. There's nothing scientific about it. Duck hunting, I'm, I'm out there like, okay, you get four four drakes and, and, uh, and two hens and a six-pack, that's what I'm throwing out. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, there it, when but you're as far duck hunting, as the pattern goes. I try to get some sort of a pattern to it a little bit. Well, know? when you're duck hunting, you you lay them out in a certain way so the birds have places to land and yeah. so on and so forth. Uh, I mean, and, yeah, I put them where I needed to pull the birds to. Right. You know, but as far as you know, I, your your only thought is what's gonna what? How's this decoy gonna help me get that bird in range? Yeah, that's that's my thought process, and whether I want to put out my strutting, you know, tom or. Because a strutting time will spook, a, spook another yeah. time off. Because like I was saying earlier, you know, a lot of them younger birds have done had to butt whip for a couple months. And they look out there. Now, I have a I have a Jake strutter. It's not real intimidating that I use, which will pull every bird, no matter right. if it's a dominant bird or it's an underling, you know. So I don't I don't have a big old strutter. I got a little, little strutter, you know. It's... It, I guess that's kind of more what I was asking. Because you see a lot of guys won't even run a dang strutting tom or anything. They'll just yeah. put hen decoys put out hens there. Out. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the Jake with the little tiny beard sticking out That's of it, the one I know? got. I, that's what I use. If I'm going to put a male bird out, that's what I put out. So it doesn't intimidate. And he's small. You right. Know, he's a little, old, you know, 12-pounder, you know. Right. And... uh if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go that route, that's what I use. I don't put no big old Tom Strutter out there. Well, what's your thought process of whether or not you're gonna use that, Jake? Um, not uh, not a whole bunch. I don't think about it a yeah, bunch. You know what? I'm not putting him out today. That's yeah, I, I may, I may not. Yeah, but my thing is early in the season, early early in the season when the birds are hammering. I mean hammering. I don't tend to use him. Yeah. Um, when the birds slack off and get a little slow. That's when I tend to use him. Yeah, I have regretted that. I've I've not killed a couple of birds, be, in my opinion, because I didn't put him out there. Yeah. Now I have. Last year, right here in Florida, I didn't kill a bird because I had him out there. You know, he he hung up. That and the camera was the cameraman was, and we had just talked about it. I'm, he's like, man, if a bird comes out that end of the field, I ain't gonna be able to see him until he gets on the deeks. You know, and the bird came out that end of the field and I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there with my safety off and he's looking at that damn, he's looking at that strutter 
and I've got my safety off, and I'm talking to the cameraman. He's like, I can't see him. I can't see him. I can't see him. I'm like, well, I can kill him. I can't, I can't see him. I can't. So I passed him. He was yeah. a decent bird, too. And uh, so, and it's a toss-up, you know. Yeah. You overthink. It's like deer hunting, you know. You overthink it, and you mess it up, and then you overthink it again, and you mess it up again. Or it's, you know, turkey hunting, what yeah. you going to do. That's why they call it hunting, not exactly. killing. Exactly. Yeah. So, me... I love, me, myself, I love cooking. Uh, my wife, we've been in our new house for how long, Will? I have no idea. Probably about six months or so. My, my wife still hasn't even pulled out a single pot in the kitchen. I guess I don't let her. Um, I love cooking. What is your favorite way to do a quick, easy, dress cook of a turkey? I Man, I beer batter it and fry it. That's... I, I, I breast my turkeys out. Now, I will clean the whole bird, but the breast, I, I'm, here in Florida, I breast them, you know, and I I fry it, strip it, strip it, and fry it, you know, because it's so damn dry, you know. Now, you can grill it. I've My buddy Greg in Tennessee, he grills them a lot, you know, puts a bunch of that Cajun stuff in them. But I'll season and beer batter them and fry them, that, that fry breast. That's, you know. Now, I will make a... Um, brunswick stew out of some of it you know but the dang legs and stuff you got to boil them jokers so dang long to make them where you can eat them that it's a goose ain't worth a gander yeah it's not it's not like a dang uh the turkey you buy at thanksgiving no bukey. Publix for thanksgiving or the grocery store no all that there's not near as much meat on a wild turkey no and it's not brined you know that all that stuff so it's all brine. you can brine it yourself if you want to but you know, I normally I either grill or fry my turkey breasts. You know, okay, that's normally what I do. I've yes. had them, I've had them hammered real thin into uh, schnitzel mm-hmm. and fried that way. Yeah, ooh, I'm into that. Makes it real good. Sounds good. Spreads that meat out a little further too mm-hmm. when you hammer it about paper thin and then fry it real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 the way to do it. As far as I'm I'm concerned, is is you know if I want to eat a good turkey, I'll go buy one at the store. <laughs> but I think that wild turkey does taste better than store bought turkey. It does have a good flavor to it, yeah. you know, but it's just it just don't, it's different. It's just hard to cook, you know. Yeah. Make yeah. it taste worth anything. You can't put it in the oven and bake it like you do at Thanksgiving. That thing'll dry yeah. up like a sponge. But it's uh I like to fry it. That's one of those common misconceptions I think people have about turkey hunting is there's a lot of states where you couldn't even hunt turkeys in the time of year to actually have killed a bird for Thanksgiving, let alone cook oh, yeah. it and a make a Thanksgiving think, oh, meal yeah, out of it. Oh, yeah, you got to go kill a turkey well, for Thanksgiving. Well, I think that goes for any wild game animal as far as a hunter. I think that a hunter would go and take, you know, now this is a long shot saying that a hunter will give somebody else, you know, a part of a backstrap or something. And saying, oh, yeah, I'll well, go ahead and cook this. And, you know, they're just, oh, well, it, it's dry or, you know, hey, here's some duck or they only have duck at a restaurant and the duck is greasy or, you know, they have a lamb or, you know, a goat or something. And, you know, it's not right to their taste. I think it's just that these people don't understand. You know, if you want to be a good hunter and an avid hunter, you have to at heart be a chef. Yep. 
Yeah, and you're right. Like giving somebody a backstrap that doesn't know how to cook wild game, I won't do it because they'll come back and go, man, that was the toughest is like eating yeah, leather. It tastes like yeah, crap. Absolutely well, not. that's because you don't know how to cook it, you know. Come on to the house next week and I'll make the same thing yeah. and it'll be just great. You and know? It yeah, about yeah. makes you cry that yeah. they just yeah. ruin that. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. If my aunt tells me all the time that them ducks taste nasty, I'm like, oh, no. No, no, man. No. You, oh, you wrap them with some bacon you and you, put them on the grill? You get you oh. a good wood duck breast, and you, you'll be thinking something different. Yeah, because me and Reggie, that's all, you know, we'll, all we do is breast them, and we'll, man, we'll wrap jalapeno and some bacon around and put them on and start a fire on the grill with that grease. I got a recipe for a whole duck on the smoker for you when we get done. All right. Man, I put, uh, I took, uh, I think it was Italian sausage. And I stuffed it with Italian sausage. Didn't wrap yeah. it in bacon yeah. and just baked it in the oven, man. Mm. I do that with Italian with quail. I'll take the quail. whole quail and stuff sausage in him and yeah. bake. Oh, man. I bet that is good. Oh, it's good. Skin, yeah. skin on, skin on. Mm-hmm. And then, and just, like I said, I had the whole bird and stuffed it with Italian sausage. I didn't put no bacon on it. Just now, see, I've done a little that. seasoning outside. Oh, man. I've done something like that with deer ham where you take the bone out stuff that pocket where the bone was with Italian sausage mm. then wrap it in bacon mm. and put it on the smoke front for shoulder four or five so, oh yeah four oh, or five oh, hours man. well we're at your house Maybe what's you for dinner yeah what's yeah. going on anybody <laughs> got a deer shoulder hamburger helper you don't even worry about the sausage oh just get that duck cooked a good medium mm. yeah oh man well, we good. did a really good job we uh we turned around and took some of that duck and actually some of that deer that jordan or not jordan that will shot up there in georgia and uh we cooked that up on the grill we just seasoned the breast and just threw it right on there and then i yeah it was some of the legs and stuff too with the bone in or whatnot yeah we threw it on there and we just ate that and it was just you're living in the woods basically camping and eating like kings just straight off of the bone of a wild animal yeah there's no other feeling I mean, I tell you what, I've done the same thing you're talking about. Take a take a shoulder off a doe, front shoulder, and just wrap her up in bacon, put some garlic on it, and put it in tinfoil and throw it on the grill and just let it just fall. Oh my goodness, make a good sandwich the next day. Oh, too. you oh, dang yeah. right! It does. <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes a great sandwich. Ain't but no, let's no go doubt. ahead and wrap this thing up. And I'm gonna. We talked about it earlier. So who's got an under pressure outdoor? You know what? I've been thinking about mine. Uh oh. So I'll, I'll go first. And and. Going back to turkey hunting and now you're talking about, you know, not doing the strut decoy there on the on the public land. You know, just make sure before you shoot something what you're looking at. It, like, if you're turkey hunting, you make sure it's a tom and it is a wild bird. Not right. somebody hiding behind a decoy before you shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Make sure it's a bearded turkey because that's where the, that's yeah. what the language generally says is bearded turkey. Because yeah, you so will you have can. bearded hens. Yep. Yep. Uh, and they're a prize in their own right. Oh yeah, but I I've kind of brought this up earlier, and I'm gonna say it again because it literally changed the way I turkey hunt. It's just go out to Walmart and buy yourself that cheap turkey chair, because it beats the ever loving crap out of sitting your butt on roots at the base of a tree. You're it right. Does. 
My buddy Greg has one of them things, and I bust his ass about it all day, every day we hunt. And I'm I, every time I sit down, I'm jealous. I look over at him, I'm like, man, I want one of them. It's but I it's won't great. do it. I won't buy one because I, I busted his ass about it for two years straight. You know, Millennium makes one now, and I'm like, man, if it wasn't 150 bucks, I'd have it. <laughs> but because I've got Millennium seats in my boat, and they're so comfortable. But oh, I, man, I know that Millennium awesome. chair, that Millennium turkey chair, that's just a napping chair. That's what that is. I ain't doing nothing with oh, yeah. that chair, but napping. So, mine is, I have had the beauty of rescuing Briar. I've had the beauty of rescuing Jordan. I finally got the beauty of rescuing Will. And my thing is, if you know your buddies are going out, and you're not going out, stay close to the house. Don't plan anything Stay close. Night. Yeah, don't plan anything that night. Stay close to the house. Stay close to your boat. Stay close to a trailer. Stay close to your truck. Don't let a buddy borrow your truck. Don't do nothing. Just just be ready because there's a 90% chance that you're going to get that call. No matter what they you, say, get you. just hey, be I'm ready. Uh, yeah. Broke down. Broke down. Come get me. <laughs> well, I guess my tip would be before you shoot something, turn your safety off. Oh, been there. Oh, I feel like there's oh, a story that is on that. Great that, that point is number one. That is good, Ty. That is a darn good That's one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Go ahead and swing that microphone around, Matt. We got a story to tell right here real quick before you wrap this oh, up. Oh, God. No, I mean, no, give, give, sure give, it to, give it to Ty. Okay. So what is this story about? Make sure you well, take your safety, your safety off. off. I don't really have a story behind it. I mean, I've shot a bunch of squirrels and stuff, like with a twenty-two or something, and haven't had the safety on. I mean, off, and then not killed them. You're, but I'm just. You're talking about. You're talking about. I don't mention his name up there in Alabama. That big old rack buck where he left the safety on. Oh, it got oh, away. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. That's <laughs> what you're talking about. We had a friend of ours up on our farm in Alabama that he. Uh, what Ty's talking about, we had a friend of ours. I won't mention his name because he's from here. It didn't be embarrassing to him, but he uh, he had a, one of the biggest bucks on our farm showed up, you know. And uh, he sent me a text. I'm in, I'm in a tree over the next bottom. He sent me a text. He says, man, I just saw the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life, you know. I said, well, why didn't you shoot him? He said, well, I'll tell you later. I'm like, well, <laughs> I said, I said, all right. So we get down hunting, I go over, and he's like, man, don't tell nobody, man. He's like, but I was freaked out so bad. He's like, I forgot to take my safety off. <laughs> <laughs> that trigger got a lot heavier, didn't it? I said, you did what? He's like, and this guy's killed a bunch of deer. I mean, he's not like a novice, you know? Right. And he's like, man, I forgot. To he said, I was, I, I, the, it was so big. And it was, we called him Brutus. We had him on camera. He's the only, and that was the only opportunity we had to kill that deer. It was Dave. My bad. I didn't mean to say his name. Not taking his safety off. Nobody killed that deer that we've ever heard of. Big old mainframe ten. He's probably 160 inches, you know. Yeah. And uh, he just slapped, forgot to take his safety off. <laughs> it happens to the best of it us. Does. I've done it before, it especially with I, I used to shoot a Ruger uh, model 77. Had a three way safety. Oh yeah, got them two. Yeah, two flipped it the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I've got one. I've got a couple of those actually. I've killed a bunch of deer with. But my point. My my, whatever we're talking about. Tip of the week. Tip of the week. That's what I'm talking about. Don't overcall your turkeys. Don't get fancy. Keep it simple, stupid. That's it. Yeah. Yalp them. Yalp them. Yalp them. Yalp them. You know, purr them a little bit. Maybe cut, cluck, but yalp them. Yalp them. Yalp them. 
Well, Jay, I appreciate you joining us this week and talking a little turkey with us and giving us some turkey calls and just yeah. hanging out with us. It was fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. But uh, until ne- I mean, next next week, coming up here the 13th of March, maybe this one gets out before that, we're, we're looking at the Gobblers and Garbage event coming out. We're going to go and clean a bunch of nasty trash. I didn't start until the 20th, though. It, it doesn't. But we got Gobblers and Garbage. Youth season starts next weekend. Oh, So, so if okay. you're a youth and you are going to get involved in the Gobblers and Garbage, you can start racking up the points next okay. weekend. We're going to go we out and clean up. get the garbage points, right? Next oh, weekend. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You can roll those garbage points into your regular Gobblers and Garbage. Thing. I do believe... Don't quote me on that. But we're going to go out and clean up some, clean up the Ocala National Forest, get a lot of garbage out of there, and uh, with backcountry hunters and anglers. So if you guys are interested in that stuff, make sure you're down in the podcast description. You'll find a link to our Facebook group, our Facebook page, the Florida chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers uh, Facebook group, and then a link to join BHA. Um, and on top of that, on the 1st of May, we got our crawfish bowl coming up. Buy your tickets now. And Jordan said if you buy enough tickets by the end of the month, he'll get the logo tattooed on him somewhere. So, we'll have to see how that goes. Crawfish bowl? Crawfish yeah. bowl. Tattoo. Yeah. Buy tickets. Oh. We're going to end up going and getting the Under Pressure Outdoors logo tattooed on Jordan. Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere discreet. According to him. What we've been talking. I'm, I'm not going to disclose some more information, but. His pants will cover it on his buttocks. <laughs> He's going to get it tattooed on him. We're going to have a crawfish bowl down the Wicava River. So if you got a mud boat, a lot of mud runs got canceled this year. Throw your boat in the St. John's, run down to us on the river. The tickets are 15 bucks for adults, $10, $10 for kids over six. Kids under six are free. If you show up the day of the event and you don't have a ticket, everybody's $20. But I want you to buy them now. So that I make sure I got enough crawfish for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Because we're sending a guy up to Louisiana to pick up live crawfish and bring he's, them back. He's going to Louisiana to pick up the crawfish. Yeah. He's just a good old Cajun boy from Louisiana. So he's driving up, getting the crawfish, and doing all the cooking. Right so on. It's, it's going to be good. a good time. Sounds we're have good. a good time out there. we got a little piece that we can. Where is it going to be? On the Wekaba River. I've got an event posted to our page. You guys need the address. I don't have it right off the top of my head, but. It's there. If you get on the Facebook group, it's in there. The event's there. We got like 170-something people interested in it, but nobody's buying tickets. I've got yeah, a decent you, amount of people bought tickets. but If you want to buy tickets uh, right now, go ahead and message the Facebook page, and then go ahead and we'll get your name. We'll get you the Venmo or anything else that we got so like that. So if you want to buy tickets right now and you have Cash App, it is Money Sign, capital U, capital P, capital O, in the word Outdoors. Send the amount of money you need for however many tickets you need, and just let me know it's going to be two adults, two kids, four adults, so on and so forth. When you show up, we're going to have wristbands for you so we know who can get into the crawfish and who can't. That's about it. Right on. I'm going to get me one of them. Yeah, make sure you guys are going over hitting that far right-hand star, writing us a review so it pushes us further up in that Apple Podcast analytic, which is our biggest uh, listener bases on Apple Podcasts. So when you guys aren't leaving those reviews, it's uh, not helping other people find our content. So if you start leaving reviews, written reviews, I'll start reading some reviews. But until next week, you guys enjoy it. Triple read, V cut, mouth call, yap.
Box call, yeah. It's a glass top, high pitch yow, cut, purr. Slate, this is a slate call. With a this striker right here is a a hybrid striker. It's not even wood. It's made out of laminate and whatnot. I'll get sitting over here just doing this. I, I sit there at the house and do this. <laughs> well, I just sit here and call. That, I mean, that's part of it, though. you got to just yeah, practice, 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 practice. But, you know, I get down here on the bottom of the call when I'm hunting, you know. What do you got, Jay? I mean, I got tin top. I got everything in there. I think that's a pretty good demonstration. Yeah. Dude, this thing here, man, this is one of my favorite mouth calls right here. Let's hear it. What, what kind of mouth call is it's that? It's a Woodhaven. Woodhaven? Yeah, and it's a it's a Woodhaven call. Um, there's a bunch of different call companies out there, but Woodhaven is one of the, they are the one of the premier call companies, you know, in the country. Um I also have some Chattahoochee's, which I love Chattahoochee's. They make some great calls, you know, uh, slate over glass, glass over slate, tin over slate. I mean, they make a bunch of good calls, but, and they're just down home, Abbeville, Alabama boys. You know, that guy is just, he's, he's really good. I'm not so much into these big manufacturing guys like Woodhaven, but I can tell you this, Woodhaven <laughs> makes some great calls, man. Aggressive, they make some great calls. It's just a down home guy from Pennsylvania, that Quaker Slate guys, he makes some great calls. But you know, my my favorite calls are Woodhaven's. I, I wish I had a dang uh, water bottle and latex glove because I mean, you can make a pretty dang good turkey call out of a water bottle yeah. rubber band latex glove. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll work. Uh, it, well, it don't sound as pretty. Well, that's what these are, and I like a triple latex. I don't. I mean, the doubles. I they're they're too um, they're they're too easy to put noise across. You know, these triples, you got to put air on them. You can control them better. That's the problem with a mouth call. A lot of people don't use them because they can't be consistent with them, you know. And it's just like a consistent yowl, just a consistent yowl, you know, without even trying to purr with them or do a, uh, 
a kiki with them or anything like that. They're just not consistent unless you use them constantly, you know, and, and get to know them. Um, and then you got to find one that fits your mouth right. Like this one, this particular call from Woodhaven, it it's, doesn't get real deep in my mouth, you know, up in the crevice of my mouth. It stays, and I can work it with my tongue better, you know, which is what she said. <laughs> <laughs> This is weird. And that's when you just hear him fire back. <laughs> that's up. it. Uh, blow up. Real quick question. As far as, like, the material on the call, if, like, mostly friction calls, how much of a difference does that really make? As far as when you're hunting other than the rain, you talked about the, high, the hydro call. Mm-hmm. How much of a difference does that really make as far as, I mean, your material, like for slate or glass or crystal, does that really play in? Like, if you're hunting Osceola's, are you going to use a slate? Or does that really matter that all that much? As it, far it as it doesn't matter, it just depends on what that bird wants to hear. You know, it, that's what it. That, it just depends on what a bird wants to hear. You know, it. I find here in Florida with those Osceola's, they like a high pitch call. Yeah. You know, like a ten. You know, I yeah. I use aluminum call yeah. or a copper. Um, a glass call works great here. Um, just Osceola's like a higher pitch yeah. to their call for some reason. Now, those Easterns, they like a, you can growl with it, you know, yeah. or get a mid range, which I use slate a lot when I'm calling Easterns. But man, it's a whole thing. It's just whatever you figure I mean, out. Like I said, are you really going <clears> to, <throat> if you're hunting an Eastern or Osceola or whatever, are you really going to change up I, what slate you use? Or yeah. is a lot of that personal preference I, or is it I, just. It, it, that's it, what in your experience you lot, found work a better. lot it's of it's personal preference on the birds part okay you know to get them to talk to you they might want to they might want a, a good deep deep raspy yelp yeah some of them might want to hide and, that, and that's why i use a mouth call and a slate or a glass at the same time so i can yeah. create two different bird sounds or three different birds then sounds. you sound like a, a two or three different turkeys two or three different instead hens. Of just one yeah instead of just one and you'll you'll find out what what the bird you're hunting. If you're working a if we're working a bird, you'll figure out through your call what he wants and what the cadence is he wants and yeah. how often he wants it. And you know it's just one of the things where you get sitting down calling birds, and you you just figure that out. You know because a lot of calling birds is you catering to what that figuring out what that bird wants and then talking to him like that. Oh yeah. You know that's that's the main part of calling birds right there you know yeah what he wants yeah what he wants and like i said you know he might want you know that girl with the gin in her hand down there at the end of the bar <laughs> yeah. or he might want that girl with the seltzer in her hand at the other end of the bar yeah you know it just it, whatever you know it is what it is and you just got to figure that out but luckily here in florida you like i said you can bang two pots together and get them to come to you <laughs> that sounds so bad to say but it is this is the way it is but 